Turn with me in your Bibles for our first reading, Psalms 20 and 21. Psalm 20, verse 1. Hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. To the chief musician, a psalm of David. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary, and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings, and accept thy burnt sacrifice, Salah. Grant thee according to thine own heart, and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation, and in the name of our God we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, let the king hear us when we call. Psalm 21 to the chief musician, a psalm of David. The king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation. How greatly shall he rejoice! Thou hast given him his heart's desire, and hast not withholden the request of his lips. Salah. For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked life of thee, and thou gavest it him, even length of days forever and ever. His glory is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty hast thou laid upon him. For thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceeding glad with thy countenance. For the king trusteth in the Lord. And through the mercy of the Most High he shall not be moved. Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. Their fruit shalt thou destroy from the earth, and their seed from among the children of men. For they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device, which they are not able to perform. Therefore shalt thou make them turn their back, when thou shalt make ready thine arrows upon thy strings, Against the face of them. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. <clears throat> so will we sing and praise thy power. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. All right, so we begin our brief exposition in Psalm 20 today, and this is a wondrous benediction, isn't it? What is a benediction? A benediction is a statement of blessing from a, um, a superior to those who hear. In other words, um, you can, as, say, a, a parent, offer a benediction to your children, a blessing, right? And Jacob did that with his sons. He gave them that 
patriarchal blessing before he died, um, Aaron was commanded to bless the people in the name of the Lord. You hear that blessing every Lord's Day in the morning. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee, be gracious unto thee and give thee peace and so on. That's what the Lord put in Aaron's mouth wherewith to bless the people of God. So now there is a blessing that is put in the mouth of the inspired prophet David for the people of God. And notice the blessings, the benedictions that are offered to the people of God in this brief uh, few lines here in Psalm 20. First of all, the Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary. Strengthen thee. <clears throat> Out of Zion, remember all thine offerings, except thy burnt sacrifice. And then we have that wonderful word that says, Selah, which is to stop and ponder the great benefits of the Lord. Remember all thy offerings, except thy burnt sacrifice, Selah. Grant thee according to thine own heart, and fulfill all thy counsel. What is the response of a people that are blessed in that way? Well, notice verse 5. We will rejoice in thy salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners, our Nisa. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. What are banners? Well, banners are something that's, that's used, um, we, we think of them as rallying points, right? Schools have banners, armies have banners, companies have banners. And you'll see them sometimes out there, they're having a, uh, a get-together, a you know, a party, a barbecue, a picnic, or something, and they'll have the banner out there, and the, and, and, and the banner will have the name of the company, or the company motto, or the school motto, or something like that, and they'll all join up together. That's that point. We know where we belong because that's where our banner is, right? The Lord's name is our banner as believers. And so we'll hear, you know, that uh, one of the names by which God reveals himself is Jehovah Nissi. Right? The Lord is my banner. And that E sound on the end, that's my banner. That's where I belong. And so on. Okay, so um, then notice in verse 6, I know that the Lord saveth his anointed. This is an interesting phrase, right? The anointed there, remember that in the Hebrew language, the word anointed is Mashiach. It's the word we get Messiah from. And the word we get salvation from here, yeah. Uh, Yasha is the verb form of the name of Jesus himself, right? Jesus' name, remember, you, you will call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, not Jesus as the phonetic G-E-E-Z-U-Z, -E -E -Z, not that, but the name which corresponded to the Hebrew Joshua, right, which is Jehovah shall save. And so, we will rejoice in thy salvation. That's, that's, the, that's the name, uh, or that's Yasha once again. In verse 6, the Lord saveth, Yasha, his Messiah. He saves his anointed one. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. We might be mindful then, as we think of, on, on Psalm 20, especially as we're ramping up to Psalm 22, in these messianic psalms here, 20, 21, and 22, in this messianic course of psalms, to think of Christ in Psalm 20, right? The Lord saves his anointed. He will hear him with his saving strength. And so we know that our Lord Jesus Christ, while upon earth, 
was about calling upon the name of his father. It was all about that. He, he called upon the name of his father because he lived as a human being, depended upon the, the grace and mercy and care of his father, just as we do. Not that he needed forgiveness or anything like that, but that, that he lived as a human being to show us how to live as a human being with that same kind of resting upon our father in heaven as well. So, <clears throat> notice the contrast between verses 6 and 7 then. I know the Lord saves his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand then. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. For what? Well, what do they trust in chariots and horses for? They trust in chariots and horses for salvation. That's the contrast there in verses 6 and 7. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, that is, those who trust in chariots and horses. Um, but we are risen and stand upright. So then, save Lord, let the king hear us when we call. And of course, that's not an earthly king. That's the king, the greater son of David, the king over the redeemed. So that's Psalm 20. It begins with a benediction and it ends with a prayer. Okay? Secondly, Psalm 21. <clears throat> Again, a psalm of David to the chief musician, public worship and so on. But notice what we have, that the king shall joy in thy strength. Now this is, this is a particularly messianic psalm. There are things said about David here that are true only prophetically of Christ and David in a much reduced and historical fashion. Okay, we want to remember that. This is one of those one eye on David, one eye on Christ psalms. So notice it says, The king shall joy in thy strength and in thy salvation. How greatly shall he rejoice. Then we have... Um, uh, Thou hast given him his heart's desire, not withholding the request of his lips... Salah. So David knows the salvation and the hearing that God gives. Um, the word prevent in verse 3 has to do with something that goes before. It's not to stop or to, or to arrest, but it's something that leads by going before. It's an old English use of the word prevent. So, for thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. In other words, God sends his blessings and his goodness ahead of David. They sort of, if you will, pave the way. And that's what's meant there. Um, thou settest a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked life of thee, and thou gavest it him even length of days forever and ever. <clears throat> Once again, we have the word salvation mentioned here. His glory is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty hast thou laid upon him. Thou hast made him most blessed forever. And you can see how this is a messianic psalm. How it speaks of David historically, but of Christ in that prophetic sense forever. David is not most blessed forever. Christ is most blessed forever. David is blessed forever because of Christ. But he's not most blessed forever. Christ is the one. So then, for the king trusteth in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High shall not be moved. Well, this is a wonderful thing for a king 
to talk about. And when we hear of such things like that, we, we are minded, aren't we, to pray for our civil magistrates, for, to pray for our civil authorities, that they might begin their days with prayer to the Most High God, that they might call upon the name of the Lord through Christ and endeavor to order their callings according to the, to the structure of Scripture, according to the law of God, according to, what, uh, according to the one who is himself justice and mercy. And so when David says, the king trusteth in the Lord and through the mercy of the Most High shall not be moved, we are induced to pray for our civil authorities in that same way. Okay, so then notice that the king's hand shall find out all his enemies and his right hand shall find out those that hate him and they shall be judged. Again, those that, that love not the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter how decent a people they seem, no matter how, how generous and kind and, and endued with natural gifts they are. Jesus says, if you're not for me, you're against me. Really, it is a, it is a binary proposition in that sense. And so if we, do not, if we are not lovers of the Lord Jesus Christ, then truly we are haters of his. And so thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee, and they'll be like a fiery oven in the time of anger. And the Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and fire shall devour them. Well, this is, a, this is an end that we would... Uh, that we would want to avoid, and we would want others to avoid it as well. So we have that ready profession of faith upon our lips. And we're ready to speak of sin and righteousness and judgment and grace and mercy and peace, as the Lord would have us give an answer to every man that asks concerning our hope. Their fruit will be destroyed from the earth and their seed from among the children of men. It's not an absolute statement, but it is a statement of what is generally true about those that hate the Lord, that their children, unless the Lord intervenes in some extraordinary way, they grow up not hearing of the Lord and not believing in Him. And children, as you're listening to me now, I want you to turn that around. And I want you to understand what a great blessing it is to grow up in homes and families where the word of the Lord is heard and where you can hear of the gospel of Christ and you can believe in him long before you're an old hardened adult when you're young and tender and your and your mind is more impressionable and you've not yet been ensconced in evil and bad habits and so on that the Lord would be pleased to bring you to himself as your parents and your pastor and your elders and others speak to you and pray for you and teach you the ways of the Lord. Children, don't, <clears throat> don't minimize that blessing. Embrace it and make use of it. So then, verses 11 and 12 continue on with the, with the judgment of those who hate the Lord. They intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device which they are not able to perform. Matthew chapter 21 reminds us of that evil intention that they had. You'll remember the parable of the vineyard. And in that parable of the vineyard, the, the, uh, the owner of the vineyard goes on a long journey and he leaves laborers in charge of that vineyard. 
And he sends back his emissaries to get the proceeds from the vineyard. And they send the first. What happens? Well, they, they beat him up and they send him away. And the same thing happens to the second and to the third. And finally, the owner of the vineyard says what? He says, I'll send my son. Certainly, they will honor my son. And do you remember what the, what the uh, keepers of the vineyard said when they saw the heir? They said, look, this is the heir. Let us kill him and keep the inheritance for ourselves. You remember that? They intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device which they are not able to perform. The end of that parable reads, what will that householder do when he goes back? Well, he will miserably destroy those miserable men and he will let his household, sorry, he will let his vineyard out to others who will bring forth the fruit of it to him. And then Jesus turns to those Jews that were in front of him, and what did he say? The kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation that will bring forth its fruit. They imagined an evil device, but they were not able to perform. There is no weapon that is formed against the people of God, and because of that we we can reason against God himself, against his Christ, that will prosper. No weapon that is formed against us or him will prosper. Therefore shalt thou make them turn their back when thou shalt make ready thine arrows upon thy strings against the face of them. And so as kind, as wonderful as the Lord is in the first part of Psalm 21, rejoicing in his salvation, saving his anointed, and so on, remember also, that against his enemies, those that hate him and refuse him, those that, as we heard earlier today, build up a God of their own imagining to worship rather than worshiping the true God, they become his enemies. And, beloved, they shall not escape. And so the word for us is, don't be the enemy of the Lord. Call upon his name. Rejoice instead in his salvation. Hear him. Follow him, love him, call upon him as your Lord. So then, finally, the psalm ends, Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. So, or thus, will we sing and praise thy power. And so the psalmist calls upon the Lord, and this is great King David. He calls upon him, Um, to be exalted in his own strength. Sometimes that strength is his saving strength, where he bears his right arm for the salvation of his people. And sometimes that strength is the strength with which he uses, if you will, to throw his lightnings and his arrows. Right? So our God is wonderfully merciful and just and He is also, as we hear, a God of fire, a jealous God, a consuming fire, a God of vengeance. Vindicatory justice is proper to God, as well as his mercy and grace. This is the God of the Bible. Let's stand and call upon the Lord in prayer.